0: This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan.
1: Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday the 14th of July for on episode 140. Looking outside the West 10 Audio Production Studio window right now and it's not nice out there, is it? It's wet, it's windy, it's actually quite cold as well. What's going on with the summer? And I envy anyone now heading off to sunny parts of the world. So, how was your week? Hope it went well. Did you enjoy the Clonmel Rugby Club's music festival last weekend? It was a great success, by all accounts. Let's hope it returns next year. Speaking of festivals, we've been told that the Clonmel Basking Festival will be bigger and better this year. More details on this to follow as we get closer to it. Camper van parking bays have now been installed in Shore Island, which is nice and great if you have a camper van. What well on to the students from Clarehan National School who picked up an award at the Young Environmentalists Awards in Dublin during the week. Congratulations. Hmm. Also this week a boiled water notice will be issued for parts of the town and surrounding areas. There was also some parts of Clonmel without water again this week. It's all getting a bit mad there isn't it? It really really is. Speaking of water or more swimming in it, best of luck to Clonmel's Kieran Cleary who's doing a charity swim From Passage East to Ballyhack in County Waterford on the 29th of July for South Tipperary Hospice. You can donate, by the way, by going to idonate.ie slash fundraiser slash Kieran Cleary. Best of luck to Kieran there. On a totally different note, good news if you own an electric car as a fast charger is set to be installed in town. That's right, just one. And finally, well done to Kira the dog, who we had on the podcast with owner Siobhan recently, who made it through to the semi-finals of the Nose of Tralee. It's now down to the judges to decide. So best of luck, Kira, and well done to all of you who voted. So what is coming up this week on the Clawmill podcast? Well, I chat to Kate it and get all the details on the When Next We Meet festival coming to Raheem House. Lego Coding comes to the Clonmel Library, Drag Bingo comes to the Coachman, plus Jobs Bingo, and lots more on the way.
0: The Clonmel Podcast.
1: But first, it's time for this. And now, it's time for Dean McGrath to join Mark as they explore more of the history of Clonmel. This is Historic Clonmel. It's time for another episode of Historic Clonmel, where we look at buildings and parts of the town and get their history I'm joined once again by Dean McGrath Dean welcome to the Clonmel podcast welcome Mark thank you very much
2: where are we well I know where we are you can tell the listeners where are we this evening so we're currently in uh, St Stephen's graveyard at the top of Irish town Um a couple of bits about this particular place that it as I was talking to you Mark this may we, well be one of the oldest remnants and structures in Clanmel the actual remnants of the church which most people wouldn't even know is here when you come in the gate it's the extreme left so there is some of the foundational stuff left Um, so the graveyard was used for the burials of the town's plague victims between the 14th and 17th century it dates back to at least the 1300s as far as records go so this particular graveyard would have been used to bury victims of the bubonic plague and it, most likely it was because the church was located outside of the town walls where the rich would have lived and in an Irish town, so this would be in the peasantry part of old historic Clonmel. So it was very likely that, that this was chosen as the location to bury plague victims rather than inside the wealthy wall town. So St Stephen was actually associated with medieval churches and hospitals that fight against plagues and leprosy. So that would also be a symbolic way as to why plague victims were buried here. So Clonmel, obviously, were just out of the pandemic, but uh, the Black Death, so or known as the Pestilence, the Great Mortality, or the Plague, was a bubonic plague and a pandemic occurring in Western Eurasia and North Africa from 1346 to 1353, and it was the most fatal pandemic recorded in human history, causing an estimated deaths of 75 to 200 million people oh my God. peaking in Europe from 1347 to 1351 and of course Clonmel did not escape the black death, it actually arrived to this town and the first documented case occurred in 1349 so right in the middle of the peak so large pits were dug in this very graveyard to bury victims quickly around the churches of St Stephen So the plagues were economic as well. So the town of Clanmel, they actually had to petition the British government at the time for tax relief and aid because so many people were dying. So very likely there was mass graves with dozens of people placed in them because so many people were dying from the plague and the fear was that the the plague could come up through the ground, that people would have been buried in these mass graves. So the headstones that we can see currently, they date from 1753... With the most recent one being in 1887. But we know this was probably in use in around the 1200s at least. We, we could even be older. We don't really know. So there's about, I think it's 100 to 120 stones left standing. So actual tombstones still standing. And this is a Catholic burial ground. So as I said, the most recent one is from 1887. And the ruins of the church is adjacent to all of the burials. So there are some actually buried within the church the majority of the mass graves would have been outside and we can also see all the historic gravestones and tombstones all around us as we are here it's not exactly a big graveyard as
1: graveyards go is it but then as you were saying it just the bodies are buried on top of each other am i right in
2: saying that yeah it's 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 basically the way they did it was they dug down and they packed the earth as as much as possible where they didn't go wide they just went deep and deep and deep so there is likely layers and layers of remains underneath us how many we never truly know but uh, this was the site of along with St Nicholas's Church in Old Bridge of the vast majority of plague victims in that time which would have the deaths as you can see if there was 200 million mm. dead worldwide you can only imagine how that might translate into the town of Clonmel and the unsanitary conditions people lived in at the time Mighty,
1: all well, rest in peace. Dean McGrath, thank you
2: very much. Thank you.
1: Historic Clonmel. Thank you, Dean. Now, the Sleeve Le 1848 commemoration takes place this coming weekend with historian Dr. Thomas McGrath giving a lecture on Young Island and the 1848 Rising in the Kilcash Community Centre. That starts at 8 pm on Saturday followed by a trad session, yes, in Kyo's pub at 10 p.m. And then on Sunday, it's the reenactment itself on Sleeve Le with walkers making their way to the summit at 12 p.m. and the reenactment at 2 p.m. Get more on Sleeve Le 1848 commemorations Facebook page. And looking at the weather for Sunday, I think it's looking OK for that event, which is nice. The Clonmel Library are holding another Lego coding summer camp starting on the 8th of August and running until the 11th of August. It's on from 10am to 12pm for ages 10 years and up. To book your child's place, you can call this number 052 616 6130 or email Library at ie. Clonville Apple Applefest are looking for quality food trucks and artisan craft stands for the Applefest Harvest Fair on Saturday, the 23rd of September. For more, go to Clonville Apple Applefest social media pages. Celine Byrne is coming to Hotel Manila on Saturday, the 12th of August. Tickets are €30 Euros from hotelmanila.com or by calling 05261. 22388. Eight. That's 52 six, one, two, two, three, eight, eight. Doors open at 7:30 p.m. and the show starts at 8. That's set to be a fabulous night. Drag Queen Bingo with the one and only Tina D. Parton comes to the Coachman Bar on Sunday, the thirteenth of August. Always good fun. This followed by DJ Peter, playing the hits from the eighties and nineties. Tickets are just €10 from dragqueens.ie or €15 at the door. The door's open at 5.30pm and the show starts at 6.30pm. Enjoy that night. Social dancing continues at Feathered Ballroom this coming Sunday with music provided by the excellent Michael Collins Band. It all starts at 8.30pm. Admission is just a tenner and teas will be served. Now, Clonmel Commercials were due to have their annual Golf Classic tonight. It's been postponed now until the 28th of July due to the bad weather. For more details on this, go to the Clonmel Commercials Facebook page. The next St. Vincent de Paul furniture event is on Friday, the 21st of July from 10am to 1pm. Want to pop along and grab yourself a bargain there? The Rose of Feathered comes to Lonigan's Bar Feathered on the twelfth of August. So if you'd like to be the next feathered rose and lead this year's festival parade, you can enter now by texting your details to O eight seven nine five six seven six five eight or drop into Lonigan's Bar. The festival itself takes place on Sunday, august twentieth, and if you're a crafter or trader and would like to have a stand, call this number O eight seven nine seven six. Two eight nine four, but they do have enough toy and food stalls at the moment. Clonmel World Music present Tom Crean, Arctic Explorer, written and performed by Aidan Dooley on Monday the 28th and Tuesday the 29th of August at Raheen House. Tickets are on sale for this multi-award-winning show at clonmelworldmusic.com. Tipperary ETB have a range of part-time courses starting in September here in town, from hairdressing to home repairs and maintenance to culinary skills, in fact, too much to mention. Why not have a look at the list on their Facebook page or visit fetchcourses.ie? Steve Le Mans Golf Club are having a ladies' open day on Tuesday the 18th of July. It's a three-person champagne scramble. Members 6 euros, visitors 15 euros, and to book, you can call this number 052 613 2213. A canoeing summer camp is coming to town, coached by David McClure in association with the Tipperary Sports Partnership. Now, week one is on from the 8th to the 11th of August and the price is €60. And week two is on from the 14th to the 18th of August with a price tag of €75. It will also take place on the Clonmel Slalom course on the River Shore. Now, get more details on the Tipperary Sports Partnership social media pages. Got an old mattress lying about at home? You're thinking, I must get rid of this thing. Yeah, well, good news is that a free recycling for mattress event will take place at the Recycling Centre at Carrageen Business Park by the Wildey from the 25th to the 27th of July. Now, maximum three mattresses per household, please. Come on, we know what you like. All stored up in the shed, aren't they? Nothing worse than having a bad mattress. Kills your back, honestly. The Baby Market Island is coming to the Talbot Hotel with their temporary baby market on Sunday, September the 10th. It's on from 12 to 2pm. There'll be a bargain bonanza of quality pre-love maternity, baby and child related items and lots more going on here too. Admission is €6 per person, nine for family and kids are free. And if you go to www.babymarket.ie, you'll get more details there. A Woody's Hero fundraiser disco is coming to the Talbot Hotel on the 12th of August. And if you love your hits from the 70s, 80s and 90s, you are in for a real treat because that is the music that they'll be playing. Tickets are 10 euros, which goes towards a good cause. And you'll get them from Woody's at the Poppy Fields. There'll also be a raffle on the night and it all starts at 8.30. So as they say, bring your dancing shoes. Snooker legends Ken Doherty and Dennis Taylor, who used to wear his glasses upside down, are coming to Kate Ryan's pub on Thursday, the 3rd of August. Now, you can buy a superior VIP ticket for €60, a VIP ticket for €40, or general admission is just €20. For more details on the whole VIP thing, go to Kate Ryan's social media pages. The Clonmel Remembrance Walk will take place on September the 10th from the Gas House Bridge at 4 p.m., There'll be music and poetry and lots more to mark World Suicide Prevention Day. Tip Indian Summerfest takes place on Saturday, the 22nd of July, from 11am to 8pm at the Ferry House Sports Complex. There'll be sports, games, tug of war, dance, live music and lots more. And all are welcome to attend. Seesaw have free coffee mornings every Monday and Wednesday at Seesaw House at 24 William Street. They're on from 10.30am to 12.30pm. You can call in for a cuppa, see what Seesaw is all about, but also have a lovely chat in a welcoming environment and it's open to everyone. Now, how about some bingo at Hillview Sports Club this coming Monday? Who knows, you could be bagging yourself the jackpot prize of €1,000. There's two grand in prize money. You get tea and coffee at halftime with Seamus and eyes down at 8pm. Okay, can you help out the Clomel Community Soup Kitchen based at the railway station? They are currently looking for your food donations as supplies are running low. If you can donate some non-perishable items, you can drop them off at the railway station this coming Tuesday from 5 to 7pm, Thursdays from 11am to 12pm, and on Fridays from 9.30am to 12.30pm.
2: The Clomel Podcast
1: Job spot. Now, jobs this week. What do we got? An assistant manager is wanted at Raheen House with an experience in hospitality required. You can email your CV to marketing at gmail.com with the attention of Cathy. But Fanny's Restaurant are looking to hire a commie chef stroke kitchen assistant 25 hours a week. Get more info by calling 52 That's 52 or email info at befani.com. Curtains Garage are looking for a full-time mechanic. You can call 087-641-3038 for more details or check out their Facebook page. Mulcahy's in town are looking for senior bar staff. You can apply within there. Healthcare staff are required at the Cottage Hospital in Irishtown. Email paddy at wnh.ie if you're interested there. A deli assistant is wanted at James Whelan Butcher's in Oakville Shopping Centre. If interested, drop in your CV while you're buying some of their gorgeous ham. Have you tried their ham over there? Oh my god, the glazed ham. Honey glazed ham. <gasps> oh, very nice. Sultan Barbers in O'Connell Street are looking to hire a barber. You can apply within there. Tip FM in town, your local radio station, are looking to hire a full-time news and sports journalist. Get more details on tipfm.com. And finally, IMC Cinema here in Clonmel are looking for a part-time Flexi General Staff member to join their team. You must be over 18 to apply and available to work weekdays and weekends. If interested, you can email your CV to clonmel at imc.ie. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel Podcast, you can email the clonmel podcast at gmail.com. Okay, time for this week's interview, and I went to Raheem House to meet up with Kate Tuig for a chat.
2: The Clonmel Podcast.
1: Kate Tuig, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. Back
1: again, here we are, a year later, when next we meet is back the 22nd and 23rd of July.
0: That's it, How are things going? Very well, yeah. We're very happy with how things are shaping up, Uh, ticket sales are moving, there's interest, people are getting excited about the artists that are coming to Clonmel, and as are we, you know, the organisation is kind of done, it's now time to execute it and just put on a really good weekend. So. When
1: do you start organising the year's event?
0: Ideally, a year out. You kind really? of really. Like, so after as, one, the one that
1: one is down, it's mm, right here. We go.
0: That's it. You, you kind of you take stock. You, you see how everything went this year. You do your reviews and you see where it is you can go next year. Um, you know, you'd want to kind of start inquiring after artists kind of before the year is out and. With that, you kind of need to know if certain funding is lining up for you, um, if the venue is going to go for it again. So, yeah, there's a lot of ducks to get in a row before you can announce that it's happening. Yeah.
1: And I gather a a massive debrief after the first one last Mm. year. Did you learn anything from last year towards this year, maybe?
0: Definitely. I think we went in very... And I mean, it's good to be optimistic, but we went in very optimistic that we're going to put on something that, you know, we love and we just expect that everybody else is going to think that they will love it too. But I think you need to earn trust with audiences and slowly word of mouth will start to spread then. Um, So I know last year was this launch party basically for what we were hoping to do would be um, a 3,000 person camping festival out past Ardfinnen and that's still, it's something that's on the back burner, but... We we kind of all agreed after last year's event that we have to do it again here in Raheen House. Mm. And
1: it's a great venue, isn't it? Oh, it's
0: just so fantastic! Mm. But it's also just to give people an opportunity to get to know us, get to know what kind of event we program, the caliber of events that we put on, um, and slowly just like get that community to to build up around attending, you know, original live music in Clonmel.
1: Okay, so tell us about the lineup this year at Raheem House.
0: Yes, we're very excited about this. Last year we did a Friday-Saturday, so this year we're going for a Saturday-Sunday and we have curated quite specifically to be this electronic music party on the Saturday night and then to have this mesmerising, gentle folk on the Sunday so that, you know, if somebody is worried about, oh, I work on Monday, you know, I'll only go to the Saturday night, there's absolutely all of the chances that you can come to the sunday night and still be grand to get up for work on the monday because um yeah i mean we have lisa hannigan on, oh, on the sunday um and we are finishing the slightly earlier time of half 10 on the sunday as well just to allow for it being a sunday night heading into the it's week Very considerate Kate. <laughs> yeah i mean we're just i think that's the whole thing behind mm. us as organizers is that we we actually like we think about the audience, we think about the artists and we walk through what their experience will be when it comes to actually planning the event and it's it's not this case of, oh we're putting this on, put up with all of the details that suit us and you mm. come and fit around us. We really do like curate it to just be a space that people can enjoy and they just feel part of something special, you know?
1: So we got Lisa Hannigan on Sunday. Mm. Who else have we got?
0: So um back back to the Saturday and our electronic music party. So the, we have the main stage in the walled garden here in Rahean House and we build a stage and full rig in there. Um, and Which part, is spectacular.
1: I remember seeing this last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I couldn't get over the sound quality in the stage and just everybody within those four walls. You know, you've just got those two mm. small slits in the walls for people to get in and out of but it, you're cocooned from the rest of the world and it just makes this really special interaction between the artists and audience. It's almost like there's there's no barriers between the two. Um, so yeah, on This main stage, it's part of our ethos, I suppose, to give Tipperary bands um, a chance to play on a stage like that with some of the national headliners. So, the first act on the night on the Wall Garden stage on the Saturday is Kyoto Love Hotel. They're an electronic duo from around the Nina area in Tipperary. Um, So they've released EPs. You know their music has been featured on various things. Um, and we just thought they'd be a great fit to support. We have Dahi, who's an electronic music producer and fiddle player slash violinist. Um, he was actually here last year. We had Houseplants on the main stage. That's right, yeah. So Dahi and Paul Noonan from Bellex one that was their love child, for want <laughs> of a better word. Um, so Dahi himself, though, he produces just exceptional electronic music, um, and it was a no-brainer for us to get on to him to see if he'd come back. His drummer is actually from Clonmel. His friend of ours, Alex. Um, so it's it's always great to have friends, you know, playing as well. Um, so they're going to be playing second on the Saturday night, and there's an act. They're amazing, Talus. So again, it's electronic music, but it's kind of more cinematic and indie than it is dance electronic. Um, but their music, I mean, it just transcends wherever mm. they're playing. Um, I think audiences are in for a real, real treat with their full live band. It's something to be witnessed firsthand for sure. And then, of course, we have um, a limited capacity after-party just to kind of keep the night going. Without the outdoor vibe of it, there is a sound curfew. Um, So there's limited tickets for the Saturday after-party, which, as of now, have sold out. um, For weekend ticket holders, though, there are still some available. Um but Saturday night we have and I'm gonna reveal it here right now. Please do. Um so we have special guest DJs in that um some of the band from Talos are actually going to be jumping on the decks um Ooh. in the after party.
1: Where's that um, happening by the way, the so after party? So that's happening
0: in the function room here. Oh, uh, yeah. where, where are the weddings and that yeah, take place yeah. here in Rahien House. Um but it is unfortunately because it's a smaller size than the number of tickets we sell for the main event. It is limited so people have to have their ticket pre-bought in order to get into it and we know some people are going to be disappointed but we want everyone to be safe and to have a good time and um, so there is that boring side of it with the health and safety where we have to limit the capacity there but um Palace. then are bringing their friend Arvine, who's just like an internationally known DJ. Um, so he's going to come down and hang out for the night as well and jump on the deck. So it's going to be really, really special, really special for the lucky ticket holders. Yeah, in there Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, so they they are, they're going to be, um, you know, difficult to get a hold of at this stage. Um, but we have well-warned people to, you know, it's first come, first serve. Of course, yeah, the that's sooner understandable. The you buy your ticket, yes. the sooner you'll be able to get your after-party ticket as well. But yeah. Um, even if somebody doesn't get a ticket for that, the main event is the main event. I think that's it, you isn't know, it? It's that's, coming that's to the main people event. That's are coming. You know,
1: and they, on Sunday, we've got Lisa Hannigan. And yes. who else on Sunday?
0: Neve Regan. Oh, oh, she's an incredible singer-songwriter from Galway. Um, I came across Neve Actually, I was in uh, master's in UL when the pandemic hit, and our graduation was online. And Neve was a special guest online music artist to play at our graduation. Um, So, after that, I was listening to her um, first album and just an instant fan. Her sound is amazing, but her style of songwriting is incredible as well. So, Niamh Riggin is going to be second on the night. And then we have um, a guy called Smithy, Andrew Smith. He grew up just outside Kilsheelan, Mm. um, and he's releasing music now under the name Smithy, and it's it's excellent. The Calibre is amazing. He's currently based in Dublin, and he... He's released a number of singles and he's just about to release an EP, um, but I would recommend anybody go listen to it. It's S M Y T H Y, very cool. And his sound is very cool. I can hear a bit of Mac DeMarco in there, and songwriting is intelligent. You know, it's it's witty, um, it's dark humor. I really, really, I'm looking forward to seeing them live now. Um, it, it's just great to see people locally doing things to that. And there's so much talent
1: in this country as well. There is
0: so much talent and there's so much talent, Mark, in town. Mm. But the problem is that there isn't anywhere for them to hone their skills on a regular basis. That's right. We don't have a venue. Pubs aren't programming original music um, and it's a huge motivator behind why we started the festival. I think a festival is a great gateway for people to try out something they mightn't be used to. And our plan is to then uh, program peripheral events throughout the year um, with whatever venue we can get our hands on, but it's to give a platform to people creating original music um, because you can't take that next step to be playing on the main stage of a festival or to be playing a support mm, slot mm. in the Roisin Dove in Galway or in Whelan's mm. in Dublin, like if you haven't cut your teeth on smaller stages locally into mm. local audiences. So it's, it's something we're, we're very passionate about because myself and Owen, who is the other organiser, like we both um, write and release and produce music um, but when we were growing up, the Piper in town every single weekend there was gigs on there. Original. Piper in, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was such a community of people, but not only locals. It meant that other musicians, when they're they're booking their tours, would have Clonmel on the map, and they'd come to Clonmel, and all of a sudden you've got local musicians interacting with you know musicians from Dublin or Cork or Galway, wherever it is, and then they end up supporting each other around the country, and and from there things can grow, but. When there's no venue and there's no space for that community to to grow organically, you know, um, people with such talent are going to go unheard. Mm. And this idea of being a musician from Clonmel doing well on a national platform is just going to be a pipe dream. So I think it's it's extremely important that something like what we're doing, and there's other people doing it as well, like music on the mountain in Kilcash, right. you know, there's, there's programming a music trail throughout the Junction Festival here. Um, the Apple Fest program, local musicians as well, but there 's just there isn 't this regular oh there 's something on let 's say the first Friday of every month that audience are going to get used to there 's going to be a gig on here that we must get out and support when it 's as sporadic as it is with festivals you know. It doesn't grow that habitual, you know, that, that habit of audiences coming out, but also people having something to aim towards. So somebody that might be sitting at home being like, I've tried my hand at songwriting, but I don't really know what to do with it. Mm. So I don't know, they just something needs to shift in the right direction. And hopefully we're getting the ball rolling with what we're doing here. So we have a local artist stage on both nights of the festival. Now um, just with, with funding and everything not going our way this year, um, in certain areas the local artist stage isn't as big as we had hoped it to be so it is acoustic but we're hoping to grow on that year in year so that um, like full bands can get the chance to perform to, to audiences but it's a start and it's something that we're very very keen to grow and what we're hoping is that the artists that are playing on the lo- local artist stage next year, when they've released their albums and they've got the reviews and Hot Press and Nile or Nine, that they're the ones that are standing on the main world garden stage. And people need to have that to aim for, you know, um, in order to kind of motivate. And Mm, mm,
1: mm. yeah. Vendors here as well, will there be vendors here? There will, yes, we
0: are very, very spoiled for choice. Um, So the Oven, who has set up recently on the Keys, vegan vegetarian food that, I had it yesterday, he's down on the plaza at the moment for the Junction Festival it's mind-blowingly tasty, mm, mm, really, really mm. tasty food. Um, House themselves then are providing yeah. an outdoor barbecue for oh, the whole weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And then My Tasty, who are local food producers, they, they're recently set up as my street food. Mm. So they'll be serving um, things like tacos and uh, they have a menu full of like, really exciting food. Um, and I think it's going to cover everybody's needs. You know, um, we had fairly like barbecue centered um food last year which is fantastic but it's nice to have the options this year as well sport for uh, for choice spoiled for choice how are
1: ticket sales going and can we still get tickets
0: ticket sales are going quite well um so i would encourage people that if you are planning to book your tickets like don't wait to get them at the gate pre-book them Um, like at the moment for example saturday is 70 percent gone you know um the status that Saturday after-party tickets are gone. There's still after-party tickets for weekend ticket holders. So that's people that are committing to the two nights um, and they have access to claim free after-party tickets, but they have to actually claim them because, as I said, we need to control the capacity mm, mm, in the smaller after-party venue. Um, So there's still some of those going, like the weekend tickets, there's over 60% of those already sold. As I said, Saturday tickets, there's over 70% of those sold and we're at about 60% of the Sunday tickets already sold as well. And we know that there is a culture of last minute purchasing. So we are convinced, you know, at least another hundred of those are are going to sell um, right up to the event and then whatever is left on the gate will happily welcome people that are walking up. But it's a boutique um, music festival. So we... Our capacity is in around the 400 per night Um, and I think that creates a really lovely experience and if we tried to pack it out more it would lose some of that experience so you know it's not a money-making venture we're doing it to program good music exactly Um, so yeah we just really hope people would come out and support it which so far it's it is so you could buy tickets on
1: the gate as well so you just had a uh, oh let's go to when next we meet
0: yeah absolutely so gates will be 4 p.m. each night and we have the box office set up there um, just to scan people in. It'll be a wristband kind of ticketed event. Um, so we would, as I said, encourage people to pre-buy them because mm-hmm. that way you know for definite when you're making the journey into town and yeah, coming up to House, you're definitely in.
1: Yeah, um, you're guaranteed to you're be guaranteed. going in for the gates exactly. and enjoying the evening.
0: And to be honest, like by comparison to what's happening nationally, our ticket prices are cheap for mm. what we're programming. So for a day ticket, which is from 4 p.m. until the music stops at 11 p.m., it's thirty-two fifty. It's very good. So you're getting your vendors, your local mm. artists. There's going to be DJs playing in between the artists out on the grounds as well, and you have your three main acts then in the wall garden as well. Um, that's all for 32.50 and the same with the Sunday ticket, you know, Saturday and Sunday, 32.50, but the weekend ticket then is 60 euro.
1: Where can people get tickets as well, okay?
0: So they're all online. Um, we don't sell physical tickets because we're trying to be environmentally course, um, conscious yes. and everybody's kind of gone digital now anyways. But if you head to our website, it's www.whennextwemeet.ie, there's um, a little button there to buy tickets and it's very straightforward this year. we've just We're just selling day tickets or weekend tickets. With that, then you have the option to add on your after-party tickets, mm. and that's it. Um, so we listened to people last year. We had a number of ticket options last year, and it, it was complex. Um, so we listened to that feedback, and we just streamlined it this year. So, um, yeah. Definitely get on there now and
1: get your tickets.
0: Get on there now and get your tickets. And, you know, I think most people get their information through social media mm. now as well. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter, and we're frequently posting reminders you know about what's coming up how to get your tickets so if there's any questions that aren't answered through the website. Get onto social media, and you can contact us directly through our social media channels, or you can email us on hello at when next we meet. if you have any questions. I know there's people already getting onto us begging for Saturday after party tickets. We cannot bend on the capacity. You know, um, we have you know the health and safety to stand over as well when you're running events, course, as well yeah. as people's enjoyment. So. Um, once those tickets are gone they're gone and we can't kind of move either direction on okay
1: that. so to be a great weekend 22nd and 23rd of July yes. what's your background by the way
0: so I grew up in Clonmel well technically Kilcash out in Kilcash, Cleveland, Beautiful part uh, down oh, there. Absolutely. oh absolutely I crave going out to the mountains you know and, mm. and when the festival's over I'm definitely going to go out home for a bit of a chill um, so I grew up in Kilcash and. In our primary schools, you know, they were they were great for putting on kind of shows and... So your primary music. school,
1: you had the view of Steve le Monde, yes. did you? Yes,
0: we, well, we were on Schlieve-le-Mond, looking I think directly I was there. across at the cameras. It's
1: amazing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. What a view.
0: Incredible, yeah. I must get you up there sometime. My parents' house just particularly has this panoramic view of, you can see as far as Waterford City, like the bridge going into Waterford, wow. you can see from the house all the way over to like Kilcealand and then the trees block out the rest of the view. But it's, been, it's a gorgeous spot up there. You and you know, went to
1: school here in town?
0: And then I went to school in Loretto in secondary school. What was that
1: like now, a transition from, say, Kilcash coming into town?
0: It was, I was just excited. <laughs> I was I, I was just that child that was just curious and wanting to get stuck into everything, you know. Yeah. Um. So I was I was really excited. I remember there was a big decision because my mum was a teacher in Greenhill and Carrick and Shore and I was either going there um, or Loretto and it was quite hard when you were um, outside of town to, if you were outside the catchment area, that's what they called it, to get into Loretto. But um, myself and practically the only other girl in my small primary school class, um, we both got into Loretto and we were heading in there every morning on the bus then from Valley Patrick into town. So for me, it was just exciting. And I, I genuinely, like, I was a nerd in school. I loved everything I was stuck into, all of the extracurricular activities. Um, yeah, I just had a really good time. I think I peaked in school, Mark, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and what was the plan? What did you want to do? I and hadn't just, a clue. Yeah. I, don't I really think, didn't I know have I most a clue. people don't, do they? We don't no. know.
0: No, I didn't have one niche area that I was mm. purely focused on. I liked a bit of everything. And like, I remember there, I, I did the HPA test to go study medicine. I was considering primary school teaching. I was considering physiotherapy. Um, I, then I ended up studying music. So I just... I didn't know what I wanted to do so I picked subjects that I enjoyed Mm. and I studied those in UCC so I loved music and I was very good at Irish in school so I was like there's a course down in UCC where I can study both I'll Mm. go do that and that was my grand plan. Back in my head I think teaching was always there. Um, Is
1: that because of your mum as well? Yeah definitely it's such
0: an influence definitely it's a life that I knew about and I Mm. think I hadn't been exposed to a whole lot of life at that stage. I didn't know there was people that had jobs Playing music or curating festivals, you know, mm. um, and I think as I got more life experiences under my belt through playing music live and through ending up there and working on festivals and just being part of this vibrant artistic community, that's where my heart went. And it, it just—you caught, the mm. caught the bug, didn't you? I absolutely caught the bug, and it just—it just suited my like you know moral compasses and w- of where I stand on how life should be lived and and. Just being around like-minded people, open-minded people, I think as well. That was definitely, but there's there's also this the bizarreness of working in the arts. You know, we always say like you find the most eccentric people um, as well as the nicest people. But you'll you'll never be short of a story if you're working on a job at the arts. There's always it's always something. You know, there's moments of serious pressure, and of course, there's a lack of funding, and you're working under tight budgets. But the crack and the the support in the community in music and in the arts, it's well I haven't come across it in any other area, you know. And, and
1: what about performing as well? Do you yes, enjoy performing?
0: I do. I really, really do. Like I caught the bug, as I said when I was growing up in Kilcash, we were put into the community hall to do like uh, musicals, like My Fair Lady, really, all of and things. Yeah, oh, like <laughs> all our costumes, lighting, sound. We had a musician playing along with us. Um, But like as kids in primary school, you know, when you're playing to a full community hall of parish parents and (laughs) brothers and sisters, you feel like you know a star on Broadway kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely caught the bug. Um, And then when I was in secondary school, as I said, I was just kind of focused on on so many different things that it wasn't really obvious to me that music was my thing, you know. Mm. Um, But slowly, surely, it, it kind of ended up being what I was always drawn to and performing. Um, but it wasn't until I kind of left secondary school that I kind of found my own voice with music. Um, I suppose, again, it's just, I, I feel like I had a very sheltered upbringing, but, you know, like I knew about being part of like stage schools and having piano lessons and all of that. But then like, the I suppose the grittier world of like playing in pubs and writing your own music and collaborating with other musicians. that That just came through... I was performing quite a lot. Uh, I was writing a lot of music. It went to studios and I recorded it, but it, I'm kind of a perfectionist. And I never felt it was ready enough to be released. And
1: Never was released?
0: Never was released. They're
1: in a yet. dusty cupboard dusty somewhere. dusty hard drive, yeah. Or a hard yeah. drive somewhere. And, you
0: know, it's, it's stuff might that... might see the
1: light of day one. That's the
0: thing. It's stuff that, yeah. like, right now, I'm just like, that's not me anymore. Like, I couldn't release that under my own name anymore, but... Um, but like I, I still continue to write music um but there was just a few years of a gap there where I had kind of big big issues going on in life where um
1: can we can we talk about yeah, can we absolutely. talk about that I know you had liver <laughs> yeah. issues wasn't
0: it I did so um when I was still in secondary school my parents kind of noticed that I was as I said like I was just a child that was interested and curious and stuck into everything and they, they noticed that I was kind of pulling back I was disinterested and There was that question, was it normal, like leaving certain teenager stuff um, or was there something else going on? So they sent me into my GP who ran a set of blood tests that showed that my liver function tests, um, they were elevated, which just showed that there was inflammation in the liver. So of course, the age I was, all of the nurses were probing me to to be honest about the drinking I was doing. And like honestly, at the time, I wasn't. (laughs) Oh my God,
1: yeah. Um,
0: I wouldn't have gotten away with it anyway, but I wasn't drinking at the time. Um... So they then just were watching and waiting and they were seeing that these blood tests every so often, they were getting worse and worse. So when I was 20, I think it was in second year of college, I had my first of many liver biopsies, which confirmed the um, presence of an autoimmune condition. That basically my immune system was attacking my liver and it was manageable. Mm. You know, um, I just, I think I had two appointments a year. I had to take some medicine and... After that, it was out of mind. I, would, I personally didn't realise I was feeling effects of it or anything. Looking back now, I can mm. see there definitely were mm. the signs of illness in small, subtle ways. Um, but at the time, I just continued living a pretty normal life, you know. And then I got diagnosed with an overlap condition um, called primary sclerosing cholangitis. We all just call it PSC because that's more manageable to yeah. say. And it's an extremely rare Um, autoimmune condition of the bile ducts Um, so that led to um, kind of aggressive deterioration of my liver and it was clear that at some point I would need a transplant so it was about 25 when I found this out and I had to wait to get unwell enough to be listed for the transplant and then when I was finally listed I waited it was 23 months I was on the waiting list and then last October I got the call that ended up being my transplant and i just, yeah.
1: I, I felt really bad because I, I know we'd, we'd spoken <laughs> in the past for when next we meet and I had no idea Yeah. until I found out about this. I think I've been I told you, I messaged you and said, you listen did, Kate, God, I had no so idea. Much. And you know, yeah. I hope you're okay and all that, you know. For but sure. I mean, you, I didn't notice anything though, Kate. That was the whole thing.
0: I think looking back on it, I must've just like switched off mm-hmm. a part of my brain that actually helped me then cope with the reality of the situation and to focus on things like starting a festival I know who does that <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on. But
0: I think like that part of it was just sheer determination to live you mm. know because that, like I was dying like that, mm. that's the truth of it if I didn't get a transplant on time like I would die
1: my god you know and, and did I you have to wait for a donor
0: yeah you had I to did. Wait. so they match it by blood group and I was saying this to you before we came on, um, but my blood group is rare, I'm B-negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was told to expect to wait a long time and I did. <laughs> I ended up waiting almost two years, um, but it was worth it, you know. Um, so just before When Next We Meet last year, it was we ran When Next We Meet on the 1st and 2nd of July last year and on the 14th of June, I got my first call um, to go up to, it's St Vincent's in Dublin is the hospital where they do liver transplants. Um, so I was up there for 24 hours, Thinking I was going to be going into surgery for my liver transplant, and it's such a surreal thing to try and describe. But it didn't end up going ahead. And 24 hours later, I was back at my laptop planning oh, the festival. Oh, no wow! And I was like very, very gutted at mm, the time mm, because mm. you're waiting for so long for this to happen, and you're you're aware that like false calls is what they call them. They they do happen. Mm. Um, you know, I spoke to somebody last. February I think it was that had five false calls before they had a transplant and I just can't imagine the torture of that you know mm. but it was worth the wait for for us and I say us because it's it's not just me that goes through it I you know I say it's your
1: family yeah, your my partner, yeah yeah exactly you know
0: it, I, I, in ways it's it's harder for them mm. because they're helpless the, um the transplant thankfully like it went as well as a transplant can go they're just an incredible group of people it's multidisciplinary. um like i dealt most with um the transplant coordinators who are nurses that are specially trained and their whole thing is you know they they hear about an available liver and they, mm. they match mm. it with who's on the waiting list they call us they tell us when to come up they're chatting with the the donor hospital and uh, they're just there. they're they're in the surgery with you so they, mm. they literally have seen me on the surgery table mm, you know mm. um, but no it's, it's like I, I owe my life to them I don't know how or why I was deemed the lucky one but I got an absolute pristine liver and I think about my daughter just like every single day yeah. um, I know some small details about her I know that she's a her um, but there's not a whole lot that I'm going mm. to find out but no I, I, I think of her all the time even like going into played a gig last night um my husband's music project it's called Veil vale, mm. and I play keys and some backing vocals for his band when we're doing live shows but even going into that you know I just had a moment before going out on stage it's just been like thank mm. you you're here just
1: thank yeah. you like it's it's yeah.
0: overwhelming that I like I'm here and I'm back just just working like as if you yeah. know nothing had happened but something huge did and this like incredibly it generous doesn't even cover the word, but somebody to say yes to organ donation when they've lost—obviously, it was a very young person, whoever mm. this lady was—and that her family stood by her wishes to be a donor in the hour of like the most tragic loss of their lives. It just boggles my mind, you know, the the selflessness of it it's amazing
1: well we're so glad you are here yes (laughs) and of course uh great to have you on the podcast just very quickly do you have a favorite place in clomel around clomel at all
0: honestly and i'm not just saying this i know you're gonna say the grounds here yeah we we got we actually had our wedding here as well so did Uh, we
1: we myself and my wife only got married here
0: yeah so for us it's just i think this is going to be a place we return to as old people and yeah it's just beautiful I, i i did i came in here after the festival last year and all of the stage and all of the audience, and everyone was gone, and it just sat in the middle of the wall garden. I was mm. like, yeah, the this, this spots, it's really, it's really special here.
1: Yeah. Kate Twig, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mark. The Clummel
0: Podcast.
1: Thank you, Kate. So there we have it. That is the Clonbill Podcast for this Friday, the 14th of July. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, speaking of which, hello to you, Mary Lee. Mary listens to the podcast every week. And Mary, thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to send a shout out to somebody on the Clommer Podcast, just email Podcast at gmail.com. You can also keep up to date on all the social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I'm thinking about doing the whole TikTok thing. Don't know why I'm quite scared to do that. So you never know, you might see the Clumber podcast on TikTok very soon. Have a lovely week. Stay safe. Look after one another. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the Clomber podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.